welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. This is a place where we take awareness one step further and create conclusions that lead to answers. I'm your host, Lynette Louise. I'm sort of a story teacher and uh, international autism expert. It's really fun calling yourself an autism expert because there's not a degree called autism expert. So if you work with autism and you make a difference, you are an autism expert. So I qualify. Today's show is called The Gift of Graduation. I'm very excited about this show, actually. It's a, a subject that's up with people right now. What's the concept of coming on or off the label of autism? Is it possible? A lot of questions, a lot of controversy, a little bit of that today. I'm excited to do that with my guest. Today's guest is Elizabeth Burton Scott. She's the author of two books related to autism. One is called Raindrops on Roman, Overcoming Autism, A Message of Hope. And the other is the Autism Recovery Manual of Skills and Drills. Uh, before that, I want to tell you why I picked Gift of Graduation as a theme. I figured, first of all, that it seems like an appropriate time. Everybody's graduating school and happy and blessed to be embracing the, the nice weather and having a holiday. Uh, but they did that on the heels of a year of school and graduation, hopefully. Um, that brings up an interesting point. What happens to the brain and to the behavior when you graduate? My experience with that is that when you graduate something, you become better at it. So you're going through your school year and you're learning and you're learning and you're learning, or you're going through a month of comprehensive uh, conferencing and, and some kind of uh, powering through a, a course, and you're learning and you're learning and, it's, and, and you're being judged and you're being tested, and it isn't until after you get the stamp of approval and you graduate and you relax that your brain's able to actually use what it just took in in a really um, fluid way. It's one of the reasons that our children don't become us until after they leave home. You know, we're teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching, and then uh, they're, re you know, re rejecting and rejecting, and then they leave home and turn into their parents. So that's part of the phenomenon. Um, we graduate them out of the home, and they get a home of their own and become us. It's beautiful. Don't you go away, because at the end, we're going to do stories from the road stories from my travels all over the world, working with autism, and we're going to have a giveaway. I'm going to try on air here, To Okay, so uh, just before I introduce Elizabeth, let me introduce the, the topic with a story, because I'm your story teacher. Okay, so my son had autism, uh, and uh, at one point he was doing really well. He was going through the various stages of learning, and we realized he was stuck stimming, stimming being, for those of you who aren't, don't know about autism, the repetitious behavior that an autistic child will engage in. And he was stuck with many of them, and he had come through many of them. So we had what we called an autism stim funeral. It was really cute. He was about 19 years old. We had, you know, we set it all up. We had music playing. Guests came. They were all dressed in funeral gear, you know, and all dark clothing, very solemn. And, and we had, we covered uh, a, a coffee table with a dark cloth and we put an urn and a little sort of handmade uh, coffin, a very small version, full of pieces of paper on which we had written his, his various stems of the years gone by. And uh, 
and he came in to the music and he looked at everyone very solemnly and he, you know, he explained that this was the, uh, the funeral for his uh, self-stimulatory behavior. So he would pick one up and he would read it aloud, like, for example, orange. He had a thing for the color orange. So he picks up this piece of paper and he reads, orange. Then he picks up the match and he lights it on fire and drops it into the urn. And he went through that and he, and he did it over and over again. And he got to a couple of them that he was still engaging in at the time, one being that he was in love with square, flat cars and didn't like round cars. He picks it up and he reads it and he goes, I think I'll keep this one. <laughs> so he, he folds it up and sticks it in his pocket. That, to me, is kind of an example of the gift of graduation. The ones he burns and put in the urn, he truly never did again. The one in the pocket we struggled with for about a year. So that's just my opening to our theme of the day. Once again, we have a wonderful guest who I'm really excited to introduce. I have read her book, one of them, and enjoyed it very much. I found it really informative, simple, easy to read. She created the picture of her environment and what she was going through and how she helped her son really well. And, and, and she actually gives you very tangible tools along the way with her journey. Her name's Elizabeth Burton Scott. She's the author, as I said, of the two books related to autism, Raindrops on Roman, Overcoming Autism, A Message of Hope, and the Autism Recovery Manual of Skills and Drills. She's presently working with a four-year-old boy who has autism. She does public speaking and workshops with her skills and drills program. Uh, Elizabeth has a master's in elementary education. And hello and welcome. Oh, thank you. Hello. I love your story and your explanation of what graduating from autism <laughs> means. That, what a great, great title. That, that's I never heard that before, and it's beautiful. Wasn't that fun? Oh, my God. I thought it was so amazing that these people would come dressed in funeral attire. and so clever. So cute. And I love the way he kept that one that he put in his pocket, because it does take time to get rid of the stimming. And sometimes they don't want to let go of it. But it was just beautiful. But then he eventually did. And it was. I just love the analogies and everything. Thank you, Elizabeth. Let's start with, so you had a master's in elementary education, and you had a son with autism. So -hmm. tell me, when you started, well, actually, we want your story, but I want you to begin by explaining how you think your educational background contributed to your story. Well, um, I really had no knowledge of autism. I really didn't even know what the definition was, and I wasn't sure what it all meant, but when I worked with occupational therapists and speech therapists and doing these, what I call skills and drills or activities, it gave me the confidence to teach him because I've already taught. But the good news is you don't have to be a teacher to work with your child with autism. And But it did give me confidence, but I was still very scared because I had never worked with a child with, you know, these developmental issues before. Okay, so did you know that he was autistic right at the beginning, or when did when yeah. did that unfold for you? Um, he, if I knew then what I know now, I would have <laughs> known something at nine and eight months because there were signs definitely, but I just didn't know the red flags. But by eighteen months, seventeen months, um, he was doing some stemming. He was did have some repetitive behaviors, but I wasn't sure what that was. 
and he had no language, and he was choking all the time because he had oral defensiveness. But if I knew then what I know now, I would have known something at six or seven months that something okay, was and, off. And, and that's kind of your point, isn't it? I mean, no. you had a master's in elementary education. Um, and still, you spotted it at about the time that parents spotted No, because most educators do not know anything about autism unless you are in that field. None of us really know, or, or if you've been trained in that field. And, um, and it's too bad because I missed, you know, a good year that I probably could have worked on sim- some of the symptoms because many, he had many more symptoms than, you know, at, at 18 months than he did it at 12 months, but we could have started targeting some symptoms earlier on. Of course, but why I pointed that out again is how exciting it is for the parents. First of all, that they didn't notice it till the same time as you noticed it. Oh, yeah, I had no idea. You know, and that just because you had a degree in education doesn't mean that you came in fully informed and spotted your kid. I did not even know what an (laughs) occupational therapist was. I didn't know anything. Oh, my goodness. This is not, I know, me neither. Nothing. I was like, an OT? Like an autism? <laughs> what ought to we do? <laughs> I didn't know what autism meant. I, I just knew that it was, you know, a negative connotation. Like, what is that exactly, is, does, what is that definition, you know? So I knew nothing. Okay, so what did the label do to you? Did it make you feel like you couldn't help him? How, I, I mean, how did that affect you? I was, I was fortunate, and this is why. They gave him the label of PDD, Pervasive Developmental Delay, I had no idea that that meant autism, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's so developmentally delayed in so many areas, so I wasn't that scared, but they did say it fell under the umbrella of autism, so that, I was like, what? You know, what does that mean? You know, they're like, don't worry about it, don't even think about, you know, just, this is what you need to do, so they informed me right away, in order to help my son, let's try to tackle these issues. Everything that he's afraid to do and cannot do, you're going to try to teach him how to do, and that gave me hope, and it kept me calm. So I did not focus on that word because that would have traumatized me right from the start. Okay. And that so, probably helped me tremendously. I'm sure it did. But at so three, that's when he got the real, the autism um, um, label. But by then, we had overcome a lot of it, but we still had a ways to go. So I really, it did, it did, it was painful. It was painful. But I did not focus on that. I go. I, I always tell people, don't focus on that label. You know, it's interesting because actually parenting's painful. I don't know why our parents <laughs> ever told us that. But <laughs> it's so true. They're, they're like, keeping that no is idea. a secret. <laughs> Nobody so says to you. And when you have that cute little baby, you're going to yeah. feel like you can't go anywhere for three years. <laughs> oh, my God. They need to have, you know, just schooling for parents. Because I had no idea it was this difficult, you know, yeah. even with a typical yeah. child. It's just a lot of work. Okay. Where is your child now in his functioning level? He's functioning at 100%. He's so what far ahead. He's fine. All his symptoms, he had 45, all gone. Every last one. As a matter of fact, nobody. I, and if they didn't know, if I didn't write the book, nobody ever would have known he had autism by the time he hit kindergarten. That's really cool. And his cool. teacher made me, she absolutely urged me to write that book once she saw his IEP, you know, saw what he had been through. She's like, there is no way this is true, you know, because you cannot even see it. And she had worked with children with autism. And then she's like, you have to write what you did. And I did not want to write a book. I'm not a, you know, a writer. I, you know, actually I wanted to go become an OT, but, you know, that was more work than... An ought. Right, not. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> 
you could not, you can't even tell. And as he grows older, he, it's even more amazing. He's, he's fine. Okay. He's nine now, doing awesome. So tell me something. Does he know that he was he autistic? Knows, he knows his whole story. And it's funny because I work with, I now work with another little boy who has autism. He's four. And I've been working with him for a year. And I bring Roman with me. And he's like, and I tell him, I go, this is how you used to act except worse. He's like, no way. You know, he goes, oh, my <laughs> God. He goes, you're kidding. I go, you couldn't talk. You, you, you had tantrums. You stemmed several different ways. But he actually loves working with this kid. He's like, you know, you have to listen to my mom, do this and do that. So I'm actually training him to work with these kids. And my son is doing excellent in academics and athletics. So he does you know, he's teaching him how to bounce the ball and different things like that, things that literally he could not do six years ago. That's really exciting. And, and he's I'm really just proud. And I'll tell you this. He is very proud of the fact that he had autism or, you know, once you have it, you always have it, but he's overcome it. He's very proud of it. He's like, you know, he talks about autism a lot. And he's like, you know, one day he wants to do something with it. So he's very proud of his story. Okay, so I'm just going to reintroduce you for a second so that in case somebody just turned on their uh, podcast, they, they know who you are. But I, as soon as I come out of that, I want to address two things. One, um, that you said once you have it, you always have it. And two, how you think his knowing what he used to be like is helping him now, which would go with the theme of gift of graduation. So this is Elizabeth Burton Scott. She's the author of two books related to autism. One is Raindrops on Roman, Overcoming Autism, A Message of Hope. And the other is Autism Recovery Manual of Skills and Drills. This is a, a gift of uh, teaching people how to do similar things to what she did with her son. Um, she's presently working with a four-year-old boy with autism and does public speaking workshops for her skills and drills program. This is a new spin on autism answers where we take awareness a step further into conclusions that lead to answers and i'm your host lynette louise uh story teacher and autism expert so okay elizabeth after that big mouthful uh <laughs> let's you you pick which one of those you want to address first once you have it you always have it mm-hmm. actually let's go with, let's go with that first once you have it you always have it okay. if your son has zero symptoms of autism and since there's no biological test why do you say that you know because that's what i'm told (laughs) (laughs) because then you don't don't get sued on him to be honest with you because he's just he really even his literalness has gone away that is something we had to work on at age five where i taught him you know because he was more literal at age five that was some of the remnants even the remnants have gone away, you know, so it's like he, even his ultra sensitivity has gone away. Now he's more boyish. He's, I mean, he's all boy. So he's more cool now. And it's just, I, so I really don't see it at all. And my friends are like, it just, it, what I wrote about him and what he is now, they're like, we just cannot believe that this is true. It is true because, you know, the people that were with me during it all knew, but it's just, even his therapist and his doctors are like, we just cannot believe he came out of this like this because they had never seen recovery before. And working with him, I did not know if he would recover. I just knew I had to get him to be the best he could be. But I saw the symptoms go away. I saw each and every one go away by, you know, we did, I say CRS, consistency, repetition, and structure. So 
But now that he doesn't have it anymore, all the symptoms are gone. I just, you know, I just know once you have it, you always have it. So that's kind of what I say. But because that's what ta- that's what you're being told. But yeah, I mean, exactly. if you look at your son, I'm like, so it's, let's I, say it's that your son a, was adopted. Somebody, somebody came. Some, God forbid, something happened right. to you, and the story disappeared, right. and someone adopted him. Would he be autistic? They would never know. He would never know. And not only that. So then. He, he not only, his behavior is impeccable in school, he's a great athlete, and... I'm going to push you here. I'm going to push you here. So then, if you would never know, mm-hmm. is he autistic? Is your son autistic today? No. I mean... Yay! Okay, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you. <laughs> I want to say no, but I know they're like, once you have it, you always have it. It's kind of ingrained. But you know what I did? They don't, a lot of people don't even believe recovery is possible. So okay. by saying that, you're taking away the chances for a lot of, if you don't believe it, then you're definitely not going to get it because it is a fight just to keep going every day. It yes. was a fight for me to do this for three years, 10 hours a day. And, right. and I saw the symptoms go away. Even the little boy I'm working with now, he's 45% better in one year. He could not speak mm-hmm. a year ago. I'm teaching him to read now. And he okay. speaks in full sentences. And he's not recovered, but he has improved tremendously. And we still have two more years of intensive therapy. Okay, so Elizabeth, so here's the point. Give the children the gift of graduation. If you want to give your son the gift of the pride that he can have for what he's come through, what he's learned, what he can share with this new friend, Mm -hmm. this boy that you're working with now, there has to be a willingness until there's a test, some blood test or some, uh, you know, test on your genetics. Until mm-hmm. there's a test like that, mm-hmm. we have to be willing to say, you don't have it anymore. It's like depression. No. You don't want to say to somebody who's not depressed, right. oh, yes, you are. You were, you were diagnosed with depression yeah. five years ago, so I don't right. care how happy you think you are. You're depressed. Right. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's like ridiculous. cancer. Cancer goes in remission. What does autism do? You know, it goes into something. Yes. You know, and I do say, you know, you don't have it anymore. All those symptoms are gone. And right. you're fine. And he really is fine. And sometimes people are looking like, they try to find something, and it's like, wow. You know, he really is fine. He functions perfectly fine. And he's two grades ahead academically. And it's, he's so social. Everything is, is, is fine. He's like any typical child. So I do, we don't, like I said, we never focus on the label anyway. But people do ask me, well, does he still have it? And I, and I have said yes, because once you have it, you always have it. But he's fully 100% recovered. None of the symptoms are there anymore. So I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. He doesn't okay. have it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with we can graduate him. And okay, yeah, okay, so he graduated from it. See, but right. then you're going to get people too. upset about, oh, you can't graduate. I don't care. A little, you know. Uh, <laughs> a little upset, okay. You're going to get them upset either way. So exactly. <laughs> you get upset if you say recovery. So. Right, exactly. So here's what I was thinking. We could think of it like school. So you were an elementary teacher. You graduate kids from grade one. You graduate kids from grade two. You graduate kids from grade three. In other words, this is a spectrum. And there has to be a place where you graduate. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. You know, so 
you know, how can we move them along a spectrum if we don't say, I call it the weird zone when I'm talking, uh, speaking in public and I get all the audience up to do different things and I go, and over here is the weird zone. <laughs> you know, that place where you, it's not really autism anymore, but they right. do have a lot of quirky behavior. Right. <laughs> but because you're not calling, yeah. Right. So it's not called the autism, so, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So right. that's my thought. You just hit on that for me. What do you think? You know, I, I, I do agree with you 100% because it's like, if it's not there anymore, it's just not there anymore, you know, and why can't we say he's, he, you, know, you can't say cured, you guess you can say, reco- you know, you can say recovered, I guess, although a lot of people don't believe in that, um, but it's gone. Can you say it's gone? <laughs> I like graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. It's and gone. <laughs> like the chicken pox. Right, there you go. Exactly. So here's a question. Um, I think that part of the problem is, like, I have one son of of all of my autistic kids that graduated. I have one that didn't. Mm -hmm. But he has graduated from different things, like putting his underwear on standing up. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And we were were as excited about that. I went downstairs and I'm like, Girls, you're not going to believe it. Dark well, you know, underwear on, standing up, and they're going, without holding on? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And they're like, that's fantastic. It's huge, and it needs to be celebrated. And I call that significant improvement. If your child can improve and overcome certain, you know, areas, that, that alters the course of his life. You know, right. that and can that, change the trajectory yes. of yes. his life. Yes. And that's, that is to be celebrated. Every child's not going to fully recover or graduate, but they can improve a lot. Totally. And we can, we can call each of these steps graduation of sorts. Like my Absolutely. son with his stem funeral going, I think I'll keep these two. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh. Isn't that fun? Thank you. Thank you so much. This was a really fun discussion. Um, What do you think about giving away a couple of books? How do you feel about that? Absolutely. We'd love to. Okay. Fantastic. So what I'd I'd like you to do is um, say a website that they can get a hold of you or an email address uh, so that if somebody wants to say, hi, I heard you on, we're only going to do two. So the first two that come, but you'll answer all the emails, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay. So the first two, how many do you want to give away? Actually, you I'll choose. give away four. How about that? Uh, okay, that's awesome. So the first four emails that you get that say you were on, uh, they heard you on a new spin on autism answers, uh, will get a free book. So please, Elizabeth, any points you want to make or um, anything you want to say, and include the way that they can contact you. Yes, well, you can, um, what I do want to encourage parents to do is to just work with their children, do not give up hope, help them to be the best that they can be, whatever stage they get to, and to still enjoy the journey. Enjoy your life, enjoy your child, even through the frustration. And I can be reached at elizabeth.s.scott at SBC, S is in Sam, B is in Boy, C is in Cat, SBCGlobal.net. So it's Elizabeth.S.Scott at SBCGlobal.net. Is it .S like Sam or like Scott? Yeah, .S like Sam. Okay, very good. Um, and is there a website anybody can have a look at your stuff or the website for yeah, the book? Or what, what's your suggestion there? 
autismprayer.com where I offer some prayers of hope. And if they Google me, a lot of my, I've been on Good Morning America, ABC, NBC, CBS, all the stories are, if you Google Elizabeth Scott, Raindrops on Roman, they're all there. Look at you. You didn't tell me to say all of that because oh, you're I, not showing I, off. Oh, I just oh. love a But they can see the stories, you know, that they've done. All right. So autismprayer.com, and then maybe just uh, I'll put on the website a link to Amazon copy of the book. That would be good. I really, really had fun. I really appreciate you coming. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much, Lynette. Okay. I love your book. It's yeah. amazing. It's Oh, but thank you. And what's the name of my book? Right? <laughs> what about your book? Miracles are made. Awesome. Yeah, it's a miracle. Right. And you had many miracles. And I love the title. I love your book. It was so informative. You did it a different way. No one way is correct because every child's different. But, you know, I cheer on any method that works for their child. You're right, I did it a different way. But that's because I had so many to do. I couldn't have done your path. I'd have run out of hours. It wasn't possible. Oh, it's however, great. however it. you just did. Yeah, thank you. You said something when I said you can make one last statement. And of course, we're still talking, but um, that it matches totally the heart of how I did it. And maybe that's what we say, is right. that it's about doing what's true to your heart and your right. comfort level and just do, yeah. Just deciding that you are going to find a way for your child to improve and learn. And it's that's all it's about, improve and learn. Exactly. And you don't know how far you're going to go. Like with this little boy now, I have no idea if he's going to, you know, I don't know how far he's going to go. But however far we go, we go. And period. Exactly. Okay. Elizabeth Burton, thank thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, that was a very fun discussion with Elizabeth. Uh, Thank you for joining me. This is a new spin on autism answers and as i told you stories from the road is now okay so i travel internationally and um there's a, a fellow that i work with in paris and i was trying to think on the gift of graduation what's a good story to tell in this story i want to share the graduation of house arrest I don't mean house arrest in its true sense they're just very wonderful and always giving support to this boy and he's always got someone helping him, always got someone teaching him, always, always, always got support in his family. So he got older and he got older and he got better and he got better. And uh, what was really challenging was letting go, letting him go out on his own. It's about letting somebody use the gifts you gave them. So here's this guy and he's, 16 years old, and he can do all these wonderful things, and he's bilingual, and, you know, he can ride a bike and talk to everyone in order. He's got his money skills down, but he can't go anywhere without a friend with him. And what I noticed was that he was always leaning on the friend to solve problems. He would hold back on using his own frontal lobes, his own problem-solving skills, and wait for the other person to do it. So I really, you know, I was like, come on, come on, he can do this, he can do this. So we set up, you know, people to watch at different posts along the way. And we sent him on an errand all on his own. And it was brilliant. 
It was actually really funny because <laughs> we could see him from uh, the window above and we had sent him to buy me a treat at the bakery and himself a treat. And he went in, he managed to purchase it all on his own. You know, he paced back and forth a few times, but he got both of the treats. But then he stood by the garbage on the corner and ate them both. Then he came home and we're laughing. Then he came home and I go, where's my treat? Where's my eclair? And he goes, oh, I didn't buy it. He just lied to us. So we graduated him from not being able to leave the house alone to now it's time to learn to tell the truth. It's a beautiful story. Remember to graduate the kids. Move them along the way. Allow them to learn and use then what you've taught them where they stay stuck. Thank you so much for joining me. That is the answer of the day. Teaching autism requires that you pull back and let them use what you already gave them. Next week's show I'm really looking forward to. It's called How Music Mends the Mind. Wonderful guest for that show as well. Mitch Kaplan, he's taught me a lot and he'll teach you a few things. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and this is a new spin on autism. Answers. <laughs>